the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 383. I'm your host, Paul Spain. And I'm Theo Gibson. And I'm Dave Vermer. Well, welcome along, guys. Great to, uh, great to have you back on the show, Theo. Oh, thank you. Pleasure as always. And... Dave Verma, your first time on the show. Good to yeah. have you here. It's all good. It's all good. Now, <laughs> maybe um, start with you, Theo, yes. as remind listeners where you fit into this world of tech and podcasting here in New Zealand. Sure. So, yeah, um, I call myself a bit of a te- uh, technology-based creative, really. I've worked in film, television, um, podcasting. I uh, produce and host the New Zealand Electric Vehicle Podcast with uh, my co-host, Dee West. Which is growing more popular by the day. It I is, it is. was looking at some behind-the-scenes numbers today. It's yeah. Like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting good ground, and we're really enjoying doing it. So, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's coming out weekly now, so that's helping. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, I'm kind of doing uh, audio books on the, at the same time. So kind of all in the audio world at the moment. Excellent, excellent. And Dave, what's what's your company and where do you fit in? Right. Well, um, I'm I'm the uh, director for autonomous vehicles for Romeo Automotion Limited, uh, based in Auckland. And basically, my job is is to be um, the person who takes technical direction and keeps that company on track in terms of producing its autonomous vehicle solutions. Cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to diving in and hearing about that. I think most people would be. Not too familiar with the fact that um, you know you are actually developing this technology here in New Zealand uh, and doing some quite groundbreaking things. So yeah. Yeah. that's going to be that's going to be a, a fascinating discussion. Now, before we sort of jump into the and there's a lot to chat through today, but um, we'll move through pretty quickly. But Theo, you need to give. You didn't come with a note, a late note, but you arrived <laughs> late. <laughs> I so we need yeah. a little bit of an explanation. Well, for the first time in my life, I got towed. Uh, it was a bit of a traumatic experience, but I'm working through it. But, you know, it was just this classic thing where you, I drove into a Wilson's car park, which I've been parking at in, my, in this uh, new job I'm doing at the moment, um, uh, parked my car, and there was a small, teeny little sign in front of me, basically obscured by a bush. And everywhere around the park, um, car park, there's signs for Parkmate, the app, which oh, I use yeah, to pay yeah, 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 promoting, yeah. promoting the technological way of, yeah, of paying sure. for your parking. Yeah, it's all pretty straightforward. It's, you know, the app works well. So all I saw on the sign was the words PAR. So I just assumed it was another ad for Parkmate and went about my business. Uh, coming to the podcast, go down to get my car, and it's not there. How much did it cost you? Two hundred and eighty-five dollars. Thank you very Seriously. much. Seriously, yep. And wow, it was only like you know three hundred and twenty-eight uh, buildings up the road. But you know, um, <laughs> nice, nice, wa- wa- nice, nice, nice walk, wander. Looking you know, forward eight, to eight-dollar taxi ride or something to get yeah, there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was very sneaky. You know, you don't mm. think you have to look out for different services within a Wilson's car park. That's Just, bizarre. So, yes. Uh, so there we go. Well, by that, yeah. <laughs> well, one day we won't have to worry about uh, about these things because the the technology somehow will save us. Yes, surely. Yes. Autonomous surely. cars will just be uh, drive us. The, the, the yeah. autonomous car will come in and um, it'll zap anyone trying to tow it. Right? <laughs> I did think uh, about that. 
Yeah, we've got to work some system. I think, Dave, that's got to be part of the technology. Anti towing system. The the anti towing system. Right, I'll add that to the functional requirements. (laughs) Uh, We we want that by the next time we we meet. You know, we've had we had ASB in here, and we asked for something to be added to Uh, their uh, um, their systems, and they dealt with it. So now we're we're starting to uh, request features for autonomous vehicles. I I can just imagine how that would work. Um, That would be great. Yeah, that'd just be bizarre. All right, now. was just just picked up today that um, Vodafone, who was supposed to be doing a stock market listing in, in New Zealand, an IPO of the New Zealand end of Vodafone's business, which mm. has been a pretty successful, pretty profitable entity over over a long time. Uh, yeah, of course, started out here in New Zealand as, as Bell South and the sort of, what was yeah. it? must have yeah. been, oh... I'm trying to remember what year that was. Was that was that the mid nineties? Wasn't yeah, it? Ninety two, ninety three. Oh, see, my mind's a little bit hazy there, but yeah, sometime back in the mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure they've been been around over twenty years here. Long and then, time, you know. Of course, become part of Vodafone. Um, but it seems like um, the the IPO is is mm. uh, the initial public offering is. Off the cards for now, hmm. so um, yes, it's going to be interesting to to see what happens or whether they're just sort of just back to normal business mm. as as usual. So um, anyway, I thought people might be uh, curious about that. Now, last week we talked a little bit about um, Huawei's P twenty and P twenty Pro, uh, and there's also the Porsche design uh, version product as well uh, yeah. that they uh, that announced. Well. Had um, a chance to get my hands on uh, on some of these the other day, and so I've been playing around with the P twenty Pro, and boy, I've got us. Now our guests last week weren't so excited around the cameras, but <laughs> for me, um, camera is just such a key part of of a phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the ability to have a camera that has a zoom lens and sort of just some some good smarts, which seem to just be. You know, improving at quite a quite a clip now. Um, you know, really means something. And so, yeah, was quite keen to get my hands on the uh, the P twenty Pro. Um, Dave, you've had a little bit of a play around with it before yeah. as well. Um, and Just, Theo, you might want to want to have a look. Um, but I, I'm, I'm keen to hear some some opinions on this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just a great it's just a great piece of execution, really. When you have a look Very at nice. it, it's um, in terms of the ergonomics, uh, in terms of the finish, in terms of the quality, uh, the performance, in terms of what they've packed in there to try and put some smarts around the camera. Uh, I understand, for example, there's something like 512 odd scenarios that the AI in the in the phone can use to help make your photos better. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that's just gold. I mean, cameras are a killer app. Let's let's be honest about this, mm. right? Mm. Well, and every- it's that addition of AI. And I read yesterday, although this hadn't been widely sort of publicised by, in fact, it hadn't actually been mentioned at all by Huawei, I don't think. Um, they did a teardown, and the lenses have apparently got optical image stabilisation yes. uh, in them, although yeah. Huawei had been highlighting the, the sort of the AI element that could um, you know, could help with that. But there is also optical image stabilisation, yeah. I think, um, maybe across all the, all the three rear cameras so you've got three cameras on the back uh the top one is a eight megapixel uh 
camera with a three time zoom. So, th- I mean, that's the big thing for me that you yeah. miss yeah, with yeah, a smartphone yeah, compared yeah. to having really any other sort of uh, camera, uh, other than a, you know, the, say, a, uh, um, action cam like a GoPro. Yeah, so mm. smartphones and, yeah. and GoPros don't t- tend to have the zoom lens, but just about everything else does. Exactly. And so having that is really killer. Um, there was one bit I've got to say that I was disappointed in, and look, I haven't spent much of time playing around with video, yeah. but that zoom lens does not work for video sort of independently. So if you use the, oh, if you use it really? for a still photo on its own, you could, uh, for, well, yeah, this right. is from what I can yeah, tell okay. so far, but if, you'd, if you're doing a still photo, yeah. you've got, similar to the iPhone where you can sort of tap yeah. zoom levels and you've yeah. got, so you've got on an iPhone, you, or say iPhone X or iPhone um, 8 Plus, you yeah. can tap the one times, two yeah. times, and it'll, it'll yeah. toggle backwards and forwards. Yeah. The hmm. Huawei's got one times, three times, and five times. Now, the five is a, is a hybrid, so it's, right. it's yeah, right. you know, yeah. in theory, yeah. utilising, um, you know, data from the other cameras, yeah. which yeah. Go up, goes up to five. 40 megapixels and so on to end up getting you a pretty good, uh, pretty yep. good result. Um, but when you flip into video mode, there's just the usual sort of slider for zoom. That oh, button's okay. gone, which is is quite different uh, to the iPhone that does have the again the toggle once you're in video yeah. mode. Yeah. So I don't know whether that's something sort of to come and a software update. You know, of course, the other bit of info we found out is the. P20 Pro is not launching until early May in terms of actually being ah. in retail stores here in New Zealand. Ah, okay. So there's a few weeks off with maybe software and firmware updates coming. Yep. The P20 is in, in um, retail in New Zealand this, this week, end of this week, I think um, Friday yep. the uh, 13th. Uh, so that you know that that will be here and and you know people will be able to pick it up. But you know for me, I'd be waiting on the uh, the pro the because pro, of, yeah. because of that extra uh, camera camera capability. Um, yeah. But it is yeah I th- you know I think it's fair to say you know what you were saying, Dave. Like yeah. like amazing what's what what's in there. It it looks pretty good, right? It's a very oh, nice looking like, phone. Yeah, it's pretty slick. Uh, and it does uh, 4K UHD in there as well. You know, I'll be interested. Yeah. That, seems to, be almost, that seems to be the norm yeah. now with the top-end uh, phones. What yeah. I couldn't see was whether you could flip that. And again, we're, we're pre-release, um, you know, so I couldn't see whether you could flip that between 30 frames per second and 60 frames yeah, per second. Oh, okay. there, so I couldn't, right. f- I couldn't find any option for, um, for that, which, look, for average use... Yeah. Yeah. It's just fine uh, for some of the things I do. I, you know, I quite like to, <laughs> yeah, to have yeah. a pretty high end um, video camera yeah. in my pocket, yes, um, yeah. so I can you know turn out and and just capture a chat with someone yeah. in really really top notch mm, um, yeah. you know quality because some of those things you want to pop up online later. Um, yeah. But look, it's fe- it's very. Very cool that we've now got that that whole um, you know AI type. Um, we used to call them co-processors back in the day, didn't we? But but yeah. you know that yep. that uh, you know proce- processing unit as as part of the um, uh, the chip, and um, yeah, that that really opens up some interesting possibilities. I th- I think there's still quite a long way to go down mm. that track, mm. but or even mm. with this compared to their last phone. Yeah, what the Mate 10 would be maybe six months sort of ago. Yep. Uh, yeah, they've already jumped forward in those uh, those uh, capabilities. And, you know, we just 
pointing it at a plant before and it comes up and sees greenery and yeah, you can <laughs> actually does, yeah. see yeah. the the colors sort of you know adjust yeah. to try yeah. and uh, you know give you give you something that's you know, quite uh, uh, quite punchy yeah. now look some people just want these things to be flat and normal and don't yeah, want yeah. all those smarts yeah. um, so look there, there's pros and cons of these things and um, uh, yeah there's there, there's a lot to it but when I when I look at this and uh, yeah compare it to the, the early Huawei phones, yeah, um, you know they've come from phones that would definitely sit sort of a a, a level down from uh, from what the the biggest uh, names the Samsungs and 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 you know what Samsung and Apple were, were doing, mm. uh, but now it's fair to say that they've got a, a phone that very much looks the part and. Um, you know, mostly software-wise is pretty good. Mm. The one question that uh, I asked, you know, one of their technicians was around software updates because that certainly mm. is is yeah. a challenge in the Android world. And yeah. even yeah. the security updates, you know, I yeah. think those should – every Android phone should be able to release the security updates every month. Yep. They're talking about quarterly at this stage. Really? Regularly. I don't know quarterly. why. I mean, he did. they did sort of um, chat through having to pass them through carriers and – and other things, but um, yeah, okay. look, I think that should just be mandatory that if there's a security update, it should be out every month. Mm. And especially, yeah. you know, with some of the flack that um, Huawei's caught on, you know, um, spying and that sort of stuff. Now, look, I don't hold too much, you know, credence to, to sort of a lot of that uh, sort of uh, talk, but look. It does leave a little bit of a sort of thing open of, well, why wouldn't they do their security updates, you know, yeah. on time regularly? Are they trying to take advantage of something here? Yeah. You know, I can, <laughs> I can imagine someone sort of feeling like, well, yeah. 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 And, and look, realistically, that's, um, you know, those updates come out monthly for a reason. Yes. Yeah, and, course. you know, I think that they're now of the scale that they should be making those things available uh, on a on a monthly basis, but mm, totally agree. That said, uh, really really nice phone. Um, the one thing it's missing, which is um, what they have put into their Porsche design version, um, is wireless charging. Oh, really? Oh, okay. um, Seriously? So they're missing wireless charging. That's <laughs> that's really that was the only sort of oh, okay. obvious thing I I could think of. Now uh, you know my desk and and uh, you know where I charge at home. Both of those now is sort of wireless, you know, it's just wireless charging pad, yeah. and uh, yeah. um, you know that that works for a reasonable number of of uh, phones that we use. Interesting, um, but yeah, that's um, but they've got they've got there with the um, waterproof IP sixty seven and the Pro. They don't have the same sort of level in the right. in the P twenty product. But anyway, good good to see Huawei, uh-huh. um, you know, continuing to move forward. And they really, I think now they have a, a real standout product here. Have you tested the speakers at all? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. What do um, you think of that? Pretty good. It is interesting because the the um, you know what we're st- seeing now is the um, the sort of the the uh, heads the speaker when you hold it to your ear, the one at the top. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know when you're on speakerphone, those speakers tend to get used, and so using a you know speaker in the bottom grill and yeah. and at the top. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the case with this one as well. So you get a bit more volume, um, but the notch in this phone compared to the iPhone 10 is yeah. is a sort of you know. 
probably less than half of the um, you know the width of the top screen. You can also no. turn that off so it actually just sort of blacks out so that you know you don't have the notch if you don't uh, want yeah. it. But yeah. yeah, they've got a smaller space up there for. Uh, in fact, no, maybe it's two cameras they've got up there, and the speakers actually in the. Top of the phone, actually, I, th- I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was, just, I was just looking at the bottom of the phone. It looks like there's a couple of grills down the bottom. Yeah, yeah, it, it, be- looks, it looks very um, iPhone-esque, doesn't it? It does, it, it does of, indeed, the, yeah. A, a lot of aspects of the, the phone to the, you know, where the camera uh, bulges and uh, having, having the notch and, and so on. Um, yeah. Yeah, curious. So... Good, good to see some really solid competition anyway in this yeah. in this space, right? Any idea what it's going to retail for? Good question. Oh, I've got those numbers here. <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. We might come, come back to that. Now, yeah, um, right. on the mobile front, one other thing that has come through just uh, this week, 111 mobile caller location has been extended to iPhone. So this is what we talked about uh, last year. I went down to the announcement at Police HQ in Wellington. Um, and basically what happens is when you call emergency services on 111 uh, from an Android phone, uh, when you make that call, it is firing off location information um, back to emergency services now that is also happening. If you've got iOS 11.3 on your Apple device, uh, the same thing will happen. So, look, I think for most people that's um, that's just really nice from a peace of mind perspective yeah. Yeah, to know great. they know where you are. You yeah, know, and yeah, it's not just yeah. down to the very loose info that um, that you know comes off off uh, from a cell site you know yeah. perspective. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully, it's able to get the full GPS type location. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. That, I think that's uh, that's pretty positive. Now, I saw a very <laughs> geeky, cool video last week, um, and this was um, from a New Zealand company based in Cambridge. Yes. Cambridge, uh, the tech capital of New Zealand. Um, look, actually, they're doing some really cool stuff down there. Yeah. Um, a company called um, Nuriad, if ah. I've pronounced it correctly, uh, have been utilising the um, graphics processors in our yep. you know modern machines or GPUs, uh, as we we tend to call them. Um, and they're using those for storage processing. So, mm, um, if uh, you know if you know about the the RAID cards which go into servers, and this is the yeah. this is the piece of technology that uh, allows you, if say one of the hard drives in a server fails, it's got the sort of smarts that's replicating that data onto another drive and so on. Well. In the age we're in now, we sometimes have some systems with loads and loads of storage. And in the particular demo that they did um, at this um, at the GPU Technology Conference in uh, in San Jose a few days ago, they uh, they showed off the server and the you know the cover was off the side of it, and it had in it. Um, a phenomenal amount of storage, and I can't quite remember how much it was, but it was many, many terabytes that were stored inside this, and they were on individual 
um, SSD drives right. that you know basically sort of just inserted, and you could just you could pull one yeah. out if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah, um, and they showed you what was sort of happening on the screen at the at the same time, and uh, this was using their uh, their software. Um, and and this machine, so no sort of traditional RAID card to do that protection. It was all happening through their software and the the GPU. And uh, yeah, basically they sh- they showed um, pulling out you know a couple of these drives, and there must have been a lot of drives, and there might have been forty eight or something. Uh, and they pulled out a drive, and then they pulled out another drive. And in the end, the guy's just picking up drives and throwing them over his shoulder onto the floor. And these are, you know, SSDs, so they're not sort of susceptible to, you know, being dropped and so on, like traditional drives, and just throwing them. And he must have pulled out, like, you know, two dozen drives. And, um, (laughs) you know, and basically the thing just kept, you know, it kept soldiering on. And he's got this thing coming up on screen telling you what's happening. I think eventually, you know, eventually showed you how it could degrade at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it, you know, it was just it was very slick, and he was just talking about the, um, you know, the the speed of it and the capabilities. Wow. And um, they they used this on the. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember what the uh, the big uh, telescope is. It's called the is it the square. Oh. Square mile array or square kilometer array or something. Um, these um, yeah telescopes that they're um, they're they're hooking up anyway. That I think was their uh, their first uh, um, customer. And um, <laughs> right. yeah, so they've you know they they've used it in a, a situation where there's just a uh, yeah the SKA project, which I think yeah right. the square kilometer array. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just phenomenal. So. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll get somebody uh, somebody in to um, um, yeah chat a little bit more about that at some stage. Wow. It's, it's a great great innovation and so fantastic to have that uh, coming out of New Zealand and, and out of Cambridge. And yeah, I guess it shows the sort of possibilities that you don't need to be in a big city anymore. Uh, yep, you can get up to those conferences and those events, but look, you you can be anywhere. Tap into a good uh, good fast internet connection, which which we which we have, uh, you know, now yep. with um, ultra fast broadband and you know var- varying other options in New Zealand, and uh, and away you go. And they've got a whole lot of smart people that are um, that are living down there and uh, uh, pulling this tech together. Very nice. So very um, very, very so nice. very yeah very very cool very cool. Um, so just wanted to give that one a uh, a, a mention. Um, now, I read this week about MIT's wearable device that can hear words that you say in <laughs> your head. Sub vocalization, right? It's a sci-fi like, movie. If that's so Star Trek. What? <laughs> yes. what on earth is this? I mean, are we? Is this reality? What do you got? What do you guys think? So, uh, um, Dave, you you know, you read a little bit about this, and you you know, you've hit the nail on the head. The sub vocalization. Sub vocalization. Explain to our listeners what you think that is. Okay, so, sub vocalization is that is the process where you actually are speaking, but you're not actually opening your mouth at all. So what this thing does is it actually picks up the harmonics actually that are occurring inside your skull cavity around your major bones and certainly in the in the spaces, and then translates this uh, into basically into uh, usable usable 
results. So you can actually control stuff with this. The, the problem I have with this <laughs> is sub, 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 sub vocalization. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, how can I put this delicately? Probably not going to be appropriate. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I, the other thing too that I have with as an issue with this, if you're looking at the pictures, you are not <laughs> going to walk around looking like a reject from the Fifth <laughs> Element uh, in downtown Auckland wearing that. I mean, seriously, who is going to wear that? Would you wear that? Well, this is a, this is a, this is a version it's like a one. Brace. Um, you know, I think some of us are geeky enough that we would wear anything, Dave, um, or at least in certain circumstances where there weren't people around. Well, 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 okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but but seriously, out. I mean, honestly, it looks no, like it, it seriously. Does look, it, it does look pretty weird. It looks um, a bit different, right? But but it, but. You know, I think I did read some commentary around this, and yeah. look, this is where they're at with testing, and it is a funny looking attachment to your head <laughs> uh, right right now. Um, yeah. But I'm sure they can vary that. Oh, look, at the end of the day, I think this is enormously useful. I mean, there's going to be situations where you're going to want to execute a command for some reason, for whatever reason that is, switch on the lights, do something. Eventually, this will get to a point where it's an earpiece. Yeah, and at that point, you know, that suddenly becomes something that's practical. People will be into that. You know, why not? I, I think it's a great idea. And I guess you look at and you know, I don't know all the realities, but some people who aren't able to communicate vocally, exactly, this may well actually be something that would uh, yes. work for them. Yeah. So yeah, there's some some. Freaky possibilities, but there's also mm. some pretty, uh, mm. pretty, pretty good ones. Um, I don't know how um, you know consistent this thing will be on you know on a broad number of people. And you know, I think it's fair to say anyone that's tried one of these, um, what do you call them? The um, they used to call them sort of you know brain type and you know computer interfaces where you could pop them on your head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And look, yeah, you could learn to do certain stuff, but it was fairly basic. You got to say, and you have to train them to some level. Uh, yeah, and the, it was, right. but this seem this does really seem like yep. you know real neck real next level stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I'm 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 very curious. I'm very curious. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I would agree with you there, Dave. I'm not sure this is the, they've got a picture the, it's, it's, the video where the guy's sort of using it in the in the supermarket, and um, you know small. it's adding up the cost of things as he yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Uh, in the supermarket I've only got for him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a it's a pretty strange look. You yeah. you you would um, you know maybe it'd be better just to put on a Darth Vader mask or something <laughs> you know on, yeah, I mean, on on top of it. I mean, seriously, we've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous in terms of design so far. Really. Uh, but no, really. You signing up for one of these, Theo? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll you need one on either a side of your head so that they can sort of, you know, even it up. Yeah. Maybe we should give one to Wilson Parking. <laughs> we've got this great new technology if you can try it out, guys. Um, uh, yeah. No, and I imagine everyone's uh, skull cavity probably sounds a little different. It would, yeah. So... No, it certainly oh, would. What, what size skull do you have, sir? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's 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 a good question. Can you imagine that discussion? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah you have curious. to do. You have to go through some sort of uh, <laughs> measurements first. Now, on to uh, on to another topic. That this is an area that's becoming of growing interest to New Zealanders is the ability to get fast internet. 
at any location without having to have anything installed. And Skinny and 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 Parent Spark have just um, announced two hundred and forty gig wireless broadband plans, which is getting pretty chunky. Like wow. it's not chunky. the it's not the unlimited that we're sort of expecting will mm. come with five G. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but two hundred and forty gigs is um, it's doable and probably. Um, you know, and I, I, they may they may have may have mentioned it, but there will be a reasonable percentage of New Zealand homes. Yeah. I don't know if it would be half, but mm. certainly you know probably at least a quarter of New Zealand homes that two forty gigs worth of data would actually that would cover all of their needs right now. Yeah. Um, yep. That said. We're getting very quickly used to unlimited plans and not yeah. wanting to have any sort of there. cap yeah. because of the, <laughs> you know, like, well, what if I hit it and so on. Now I know with um, Skinny because I've you know I've tried some of um, you know this this tech from them with their um, um, you know portable um, or their their fixed uh, you know wireless kit in the past. And of course, what we're talking about here is an internet connection that uses uh, the mobile yeah. network. Yep. And the intention from them is is you have this box in your you know in your home to replace a permanent you know DSL or um, you know fiber internet connection. Um, but the prices uh, and this is the this is the bit that I find uh, really interesting. So Spark are offering uh, this plan for not basically ninety dollars, uh, but it's just under sixty dollars for their skinny branded product. Interesting. Now the Spark one will come bundled with whatever they uh, you know bundle it with a yep. light box and you know Wi-Fi access from your phone and and whatnot. Um, but fifty nine dollars on Skinny. So even if wow. you actually needed that's four really eighty good. gigs, that's you can probably just pay fifty nine dollars again. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and get another block. That yeah. would be my pick based on what they did with the previous plans uh, anyway. So wow. There's a whole lot of scenarios where this will be interesting. Now, what I haven't done yet, but I'm um, I'm intending to, if I remember to um, grab the skinny box that's sitting here around <laughs> the office, uh, is I'm going to put one of these in my car and break all of the rules because it's designed for use in my location, <laughs> and my car will be uh, a mobile hotspot going going yeah, forward. Brilliant. Um, so I'm going to give I'm going to give that a try. Sorry if you're listening, you're going to do a skinny just. Please just um, you know don't lock down my account or or or, <laughs> or do anything. Uh, apologies, it's just a bit of fun testing and uh, yeah. you know all that stuff. But you know, what I have found in the past is although these are designed to be you know the SIM cards designed to be used in the box that it comes in, yeah. yep. and I'm pretty sure I've heard from somebody that did try to rip it out and put it in their phone that no, nah, uh, doesn't, that, no, that doesn't work. Um, that it is tied back to the box. Um, but they are certainly, in some cases, a little bit reflexible about the location in which you use these. So, if you've got maybe, <laughs> I mean, probably a little bit like your, um, you know, those have got say a, a Skybox or a Vodafone yeah. TV yeah. box. Yeah. They want to use it at their house, and then they want to take it to 
their batch, their beach house, their crib, depending yeah, where you are in the yeah, country, yeah, yeah. Um, that that will probably work at that other location. Now, that's no. obviously quite different in terms of technology, but um, from what I've seen, these aren't necessarily fully locked down uh, no. location-wise. Not to say that they won't be tomorrow and they won't, you know, <laughs> they won't change that. We because everyone, they have said from the get-go they are designed to be used at one sort of fixed yep, you know, yep, address yep. location. Um, but this, the bit I do like here is it will it'll keep things competitive. So you know, as we get fibre, which at the moment it's gigabit, mm. one day in the future it'll be ten, maybe it'll be a hundred, yeah. some further down the yeah. track. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, having having sort of a you know some some reasonably nice plans of of a reasonable size here. Uh, we'll we'll keep some good sort of competitive uh, pressures going between mm. Chorus and local fibre companies and uh, and Spark and of course Vodafone play in this space as well. Yeah. Very um, nice. So yeah, I'm um, reasonably reasonably happy with that uh, speed jump. That's, well, that's good. It's just also the price point means it's a viable second alternative if you've already got a primary connection. Absolutely. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't you do it? Hmm. No, it's pretty pretty handy, and um, if they let you use them anywhere, then um, that's got some <laughs> even better. It's got, got some positive positive applications too. Maybe you know. Yeah. Uh, so yes, good things going on now. Another area before before we get on to uh, autonomous uh, vehicles and Omeo, uh, Virgin. Now, Virgin Atlantic, Virgin Australia. Um, what's the other one? They've got some other one that they've been working on. Oh, there's all sorts. There's also a Virgin but, Hyperloop or something, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. And Gala- Gala- Galactic <laughs> is the one I'm kind of, uh, I've Virgin been curious Galactica. about. Yeah. So they've been, I mean, you know, it's been a few years since uh, Richard Branson sort of first talked about this and, you know, they had um, tra- the tragedy where, yeah, they um, you know, they, they lost... Um, one of their vehicles now in uh, uh, 2014, and it killed the co-pilot, uh, mm. Michael Ellsbury. Um, but here we are, and things are um, are starting to uh, uh, to move along again. So they've just had a um, uh, successful um, flight, rocket-powered um, flight, and uh, they they got their craft up to an altitude of uh, forty six thousand five hundred um, feet, um, mm. and then uh, you know they were released off the the launch plane. So they've got this uh, plane, White Knight Two, um, that that takes things up, and uh, then you know the um, uh, they launch off from. Uh, uh, from there, and they got up to one point eight mark, one point eight seven. So uh, mm, pretty quick. Nice. And then they, wow. they they had said the thing I was reading said the vehicle coasted to an altitude of eighty four thousand two hundred and seventy one feet before making a, a runway yeah. Yeah. Uh, a runway landing. Um, so um, yeah, that that was interesting. And then. Um, yeah, so it got to I think a, you know a quarter of the altitude that they're talking about uh, for the actual uh, you know Virgin Galactic flights for for paying uh, passengers, which is supposed to be uh, 
100, basically about 100 kilometres up or 320,000 yeah. um, feet. But, yeah, it's, it's good to see those things uh, moving again. Yeah. And uh, for anyone that, that missed it and is interested in this sort of space stuff, uh, we put out a special episode on uh, Friday of my chat with uh, Peter Beck from uh, Rocket Lab. They're about to move into uh, their first sort of commercial flights uh, which or launches uh, they're four commercial launches. Um, so 20th of April is when they open that uh, launch window for two weeks. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, it doesn't take too long and they've, uh, they're able to tick off uh, another flight and uh, start scheduling the next one. So cool. it's all pretty awesome. exciting. So good things going on here in New Zealand too. Now, on that front, time to talk about Omeo, or is it Omeo, or is it Omeo? <laughs> Omeo, I think you said before, Dave. Yeah, I, I think I think we should probably just go with Omeo for now. <laughs> that, that'll do. So, uh, before we jump in, just a little quick background on sure. you know where do you fit into this whole you know world of uh, transport and, and technology? You've sort of been around the traps for you know a, a bit, so maybe you just walk us through a couple of the you know things you've done over the years. Whoa, okay. Well, well, basically, uh, my background's a bit diverse. Um, I started off um, in ICT. Uh, I then moved into what was then Transit New Zealand uh, and took over looking after intelligent transport systems for them for a while, wrote some standards. What, what would you, you know, <laughs> most people would wonder, what do you mean by intelligent transport systems? What, 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 what was, was that, that at that time? Yeah, what, well, was what was that at that time? Well, if you think about... Because this keeps in, evolving. It right? keeps yeah. evolving, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a movable feast. Let's and the, the event that we met at the other day was all about, you know, it was quite heavily focused on, Very on much so, you know, yeah. intelligent transport systems. But it's a, yeah. it's a term that's not sort of, you know, commonly used... No. Outside of the, the the space, I suppose. No, not at all. Uh, uh, the irony is that everybody in Auckland who drives down the Auckland motorway sees it every day. It's all the signs. It's all of the signals. It's all of the control systems that help you to move traffic around a network. Mm, it's it's right. nothing more than that. Mm. Um, but what is behind that is a bunch of engineering and a lot of process and a lot of technology that people don't see. And... Understanding how to deploy that, how to make that work, how to design that, how to architect that, that's what I do. Mm, mm. It's part of what I do. So I've done that in several different places. Some of them have been a bit interesting. So where have you, where have you been? <laughs> so I, I rolled out a enforcement system across Saudi Arabia. Wow. Um, so I, I'm the guy responsible for red light enforcement and uh, <laughs> speeding enforcement. Across the cost of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So, do you also know how to how to get off the system? Oh, I know how to it? I know how to run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but but also that involved a lot of back office stuff as well. So, yeah. uh, at that point, you're talking about designing end to end. So it's everything from fibre in the ground all the way back, traffic signal signs, the whole nine yards, back to a huge back office infrastructure mm. and an enforcement processing environment which would have to be described as the biggest on earth. Mm. I'll give you a flavour for that. We turned on one camera uh, at the very start of that process and we managed to clock up 23,000 violations in 22 minutes. How does that work? It doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's the short answer to that. So that was the kind of scale that we were dealing with in in, in Saudi Arabia. it's been a complete success. Uh, the road tolls dropped substantially. There are whole hospital wards that have been closed. Wow. Uh, really, really remarkable stuff. Mm. 
Uh, and after that, I then um, went and did a lot of work in Qatar, uh, working with the Ministry of the Interior and with Ashgal, that's the, the national uh, supplier for roads and road technologies mm. there. Mm. Wrote a bunch of standards. And then uh, a good friend of mine from New Zealand, from Howick, rang me up by the name of um, Muhammad Hikmet and said, Dave, we need you back in New Zealand. We've got some disruptive stuff we're doing. We want to roll out trials for autonomous vehicles in Christchurch. And uh, I've known Muhammad for years, so it was a case of no problem. Just got on a plane and came back. So here we are. Nice. Cool. So, so now Omeo, Omeo um, is a spin-off from HMI Technologies. Um, and what, what's the focus from HMI? Well, HMI's focus initially was on ITS equipment. Uh, of course, big signs, motorway signs, ramp signalling signs, uh, and technologies also across Australia, very, very prevalent in the Australian market. Uh, we have offices uh, literally in Melbourne, Sydney, uh, now in Brisbane. We've got a factory in China. Uh, we've even got a presence, believe it or not, in Surrey in the UK yeah, these yeah. days. Um, so, so HMI's business is that core ITS market, that core intelligent transport systems business. Uh, Muhammad wanted to go into the autonomous vehicle side of things, set up some trials. We went through a process with Christchurch Airport, which was very successful. Then we did one in Sydney Olympic Park. And the most recent of those trials was with La Trobe in, in Melbourne. Uh, and after that, it was decided to build our own. So when, when you talk about trials... Prior to building your own, what were you using? Were you, um, this was yeah. technology you'd bought from yeah, other from, companies around the world. Absolutely, yeah. And they were, just weren't, weren't delivering? They delivered. Let's, let's be fair. I think, uh, you know, when you, when you buy product uh, to do something like a trial situation, you are going to lead and you're going to bleed, particularly <laughs> in a situation where you're doing something which is disruptive, it's new, it's right up front, it's right out there. So, you know... Of course, there's going to be issues, always going to be issues. But generally, the equipment that we, we procured did the job, uh, totally totally satisfied with that. Uh, but what we found was that being typical New Zealanders, uh, we like to fiddle, and we like number eight fencing wire, and we looked at this and we thought we could do it better. So we have. Wow. Cool. So how do you, how do, you do that? Going about building something from scratch, you know, we looked at Silicon yeah. Valley, we've sure. got, you know, Uber, who have just you know had all sorts of troubles with um, Nvidia yeah. technology that they they were utilising. Yeah. I think that's something we probably yeah. didn't sort of discuss with the initial bits of the the story that they were using a you know a, a bunch of sort of Correct. off the shelf uh, yeah. technologies. And when you sort of compare the stats of that to uh, what you know Waymo delivering, yep. sort of just seem to be streets apart. So Correct. Yeah. How do you start from scratch here in New Zealand and suddenly come up with something usable? Is it that you've taken quite a, uh, a different sort of focus in what the vehicles yep. do? Yep. Is it you know, just that Kiwis are brilliant? Uh, what are, what, what are <laughs> well, the pieces of the puzzle here, Dave? Well, there's several I'm bits so to the, curious. Well, there's several bits to the puzzle. I, I think the, the, the most important thing to, to, to be clear about is that uh, New Zealanders are remarkably remarkably capable uh, because we're multitasking because we're able to actually do more than one thing at once we can come up with things which basically give us some strengths in that space uh, we did design from scratch we departed completely from what other people were doing we look at the entire ecosystem 
that fits around the vehicle. Mm. So we're not, you know, for us, the vehicle is an important part of what we do. It's, it's what we sell, of course. But the ecosystem that fits around the vehicle is equally important. So if you look at the, the other players in the market, they're all at level five of the SAE levels of autonomy. Mm. Level five self-driving. We're not in that space. We're interested in the last mile, first mile solution. We're interested in getting you from the car park to the building or around the zoo or from terminal to terminal in the airport or carrying your laundry from one building to another building to get it processed. We're interested in those short trips. So our focus was on developing for that. Because we understand detectors and because we understand sensors and because we understand all of the stuff that you would normally find on a motorway, adapting that technology to drive a vehicle is not that hard for us. Right. Mm. And... If you then consider the investments we've put into R&D to make that happen, look, I've got 25 R&D developers now working in the organisation with us, nine of whom have PhDs. Uh, we've got a robotics lab, literally in Pakaranga. I'm not joking, I'm serious. And this is the kind of thing that makes a difference in terms of coming up with something from scratch. Mm. So it's about the paradigm. We've moved away from saying the vehicle shall drive itself to saying the vehicle shall follow predetermined but virtualized tracks so we can adjust them dynamically and on the fly. We've looked at the detection systems and gone, that's fantastic, but we need more AI in there to make better decisions and to help us to get things to move. We have a roadmap for that, which is not now. We've got like three years' worth of development to do. We're not rushing it. Mm. Our vehicles don't travel more than 25 kilometers an hour at the moment. Mm. So the situation you yep. had with that poor individual, uh, that poor woman who got run over by an Uber vehicle, is, which was horrible, um, you know, really not good, uh, is unlikely to be repeated. Mm. Uh, we fuse sensors all over the place. We don't rely on one or two sensors, and we don't rely on one GPU system or supplier to be able to process that information or just one layer of AI. We, we fuse anything up to nine different forms of detection in our equipment. Mm. So, you know, our, our modular design process is completely different. Mm. Our approach to open interfaces is completely different. And we've had the support of people like the Christchurch City Council, who've just been remarkable. I mean, that's a, that's a good story in itself. And at the moment, NZTA, Christchurch City Council, are looking at doing some quite innovative stuff down there in the red zone in terms of building uh, centres for excellence for AV testing. Oh, that's, uh, that sounds interesting. I mean, it's because, yeah, I mean, I've driven around some parts of the red zone, and look, you've got normal sort of streets, the, you know, the, the houses yeah, are gone yeah. and, yeah, and so on. Um, so there's, you know, I guess there's the, there's the aspects of a normal environment, but it's, yeah. it's not busy with lots of traffic. Um, probably be perfect for, for testing. It's a fantastic opportunity, not just for AVs. Uh, what, what you've got to do is look at the wider, smarter city type initiatives. Now, you'll notice I said smarter city. I didn't say smart city <laughs> uh, quite deliberately. Um, when you start talking about a whole infrastructure, the opportunities to do things just get wider and wider and wider. And that's one of the reasons why Christchurch is so pivotal. We talked about Hamilton and Cambridge earlier. You talked about iPhones and location services. Well, if you have all of those things in place for autonomous vehicles, mm. then suddenly you can also use them to do things like find someone's phone. You know, it's not just limited to one application. 
And I think that's part of the whole story here. So it's going to be interesting. We're delivering our first product in terms of our first finished product uh, to a client in Christchurch in the very near future. Uh, and uh, we're very excited about that. It's a so milestone. That'll be, that'll be something that uh, the general public will uh, will be able to get a chance to ride in? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Mm, mm, so there you cool. go. Bit of a summary. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, that's exciting. Well, we're definitely looking forward to hearing more over time. Yeah. And um, yeah, I got to see one of your vehicles uh, the other day. <laughs> yeah, uh, we didn't get a chance to uh, take it for a, for a spin, unfortunately. No, not good. Um, <laughs> but in fact, I think it was on the back of a. It was. It was just getting towed. But yeah. I, I think. I think it was that's a good right. reason, uh, Theo. Yeah, yeah, rather Theo than had nothing uh, to do with Wilson Park. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, very keen to uh, to learn a bit more and. Yeah. and and have a closer look and you know i think uh, there'll be a lot of listeners who are, are very curious and they'll be looking yeah. uh, forward to how they can get a chance to uh, to see this up close a little bit more learn a little bit more about the technology so um we will we will look forward to some updates from you in the future on this one oh we'll be, we'll, we'll we'll, we might be interest. able to do a bit better than that and drag you guys out there and um, subject you to some of our technology have a great um, Why not? Can we can we can we do what I tested in the um, Huawei uh, factory? Yeah. Um, so they've got a uh, basically robot sort of building yeah, phones yeah, in, their, in yeah. their own factories, and yeah, yeah they outsource probably ninety percent of it into other factories. But in, yeah. in their one, it's a little bit of a, a showcase for what's possible with technology. Yeah. And so um, you know, ninety percent of the the work was being done uh, by robots. And that include picking up the devices on reasonably slow moving little uh, autonomous yep. um, vehicles and, and moving these boxes of things around. Yep. And uh, I jumped in the path, and uh, <laughs> it was small enough I probably could have got out of the way before getting, you know, crushed by it. Um, so you know, those yep. are the sorts of tests that uh, yep. um, you know that, that, that we want to do. Sort of surprise at last minute and see whether we survive Ooh, or not. Well. Well, this this will amuse you. Actually, that's that's actually um, something that we we've we've done from day one, and in fact, uh, during during some recent recent testing of this, we had some very enthusiastic individuals um, actually at Motet. Okay, recently, oh, yeah, 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 yeah uh, jumping in front of the vehicle and stopping <laughs> it and uh, uh, just testing its capabilities. We trust uh, technology so much, yeah, don't yeah, we? Yeah. Well, you Go know, on, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, normally they use me for this testing. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what that means, but um, but no, no. In all seriousness, no. Uh, the key thing here is you have to be able to know when to stop. Yeah. And being able to predict when to stop is actually far more significant than actually recognising that you have to stop. Mm-hmm. And this is where things have to be a bit more uh, a bit more advanced, quite frankly. Mm. And mm. certainly that your your vehicles aren't going uh, you know, super fast no, makes, no, it, makes no, it a whole no, lot no, no, no. a whole lot easier. They're not necessarily super hefty vehicles as well, right? So well, uh, the one I saw was what it was it a, if there was a, well, I guess you wouldn't want to be run over by it, but uh, <laughs> okay. Well, put it this way. We we we've we've got the current vehicle in production will carry twenty people. Oh wow, okay. Fully fully loaded will be less than three and a half tons, so it'll come underneath okay. the heavy classification. Uh, we have a version of that that actually stretches that vehicle to up to six different carriages. Basically, it's a road train. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, which means that that thing can actually replace light rail. 
a lot more cost effectively. If you think about light rail, light rail's a million bucks a kilometre, right? Mm. That's a lot of money. So we're looking at those sorts of solutions. Now, obviously, you know, something like that, moving at 50 kilometres an hour, is going to weigh tonnes. Mm. You've got to have specific corridors for that kind of thing to work in. And that's one of the things that, that obviously regrettably happened with Uber. Mm. There's no way you're going to stop a two-ton SUV. Mm. This was a Volvo, I think, in three metres when someone walks out in front of it at mm. 50 kilometres an hour. It's just yeah. not going to happen, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to predict that that person's about to do that. And that's why we're spending so much time on AI and visual recognition, mm-hmm. the visual recognition software, for mm. that exact reason. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, this was something I talked to uh, Peter Beck about last week as well. Yeah. The the technologies that enable this, I mean, that's a really big yeah. part of it, isn't it's it? Huge. I mean, yeah. th- we've got you've got access to so many incredible pieces of technology yes, we have. that are yeah basically off the shelf today, and yeah. so the smarts that you've got access to are, are, are kind of you know they'd be mind blowing from you know some somebody who stepped out of a you know. 20, 10 or 20 years ago, yeah. Yeah. You know, just yeah. just how much power that we've got today. Yeah, it's huge. Um, that must be a, a key for you in terms of being able to do any of this stuff is uh, yep. you just you can just tap into so much, um, you know, smarts. Well, look, look, you raised, it, you raised an example before, not. right? Mm. GPU use for mass storage backups. Yeah. Okay. We all know that we use GPUs for Bitcoin mining. Mm. There's a reason for that, right? Mm. You need that level of processing grunt. Now, you know, it just wasn't available um, 10 years ago. Mm. So you're going to see this explosion in autonomous freight delivery, planes, trucks, everything in the next few years. It's going to get very busy out there. (laughs) Most probably. (laughs) Now, that video was really cool. So I'm going to try and uh, find a a link to it. I think it might have been on... Facebook could have been YouTube, but I'm going to try and track it down and put it on the uh, show notes. So if anyone wants to see that one of you know throwing of these uh, drives uh, <laughs> o- over the shoulders and so on, <laughs> um, so have, have a look at nztechpodcast.com uh, to find them. Um, and yeah, we will uh, we'll maybe look forward to doing something that we can video around uh, yeah, the you know, um you know vehicles, autonomous vehicles, and uh, yeah. mm. share that ar- around uh, but the not too distant future Good as well. It. Absolutely, I'm, good I'm, stuff. All right, now um, where to track you down, Theo? Uh, I'm just on all forms of social media, Theo Gibson on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook and all that, or the best place if you want to get in touch with us about the podcast, NZDV podcast on Facebook as well is probably a good place to get in touch with me. Good, good. And your your episodes are now consistently every out week. every week. So, yeah, they're coming out on Saturday. So uh, I'll be in this very studio tomorrow recording another one. Awesome. Well, there yeah. does seem to be so much news <laughs> around, you know, electric vehicles. Yes. Whether it, you know, I mean, you... It's very uh, hard to keep up, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got flying things. You've got <laughs> autonomous things. Yeah. You've got... Yeah. You know, electric bicycles. It's all um, going out there at the moment. And 
and just the plain old garden variety electric vehicles like the Tesla. Exactly. <laughs> Tesla was so last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ta- have you talked about the new um, the new Jag um, the iPace the iPace? Yeah, we've, had, we've mentioned it slightly, but we're hoping to have a little bit more of a look and. Uh, uh, you know, oh, maybe we soon. need to go and go and see the Jag folks. And, I think um, we do, and yes. and uh, take one for a spin when they've got one. <laughs> yes. On, there's, on a few, hand. there's a few SUVs coming out that I'm quite interested in. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, no, this is pretty exciting. <laughs> That's good. Well, was cool. And Dave, where do we keep up with um, with what you're doing? Is well, there uh, there's the obio.com website, mm. which um, is in dire need of a refresh, but we're getting on to that. <laughs> uh, technology keeps moving so fast, it's hard to keep up. But uh, also, you can find me on LinkedIn under David uh, Verma. Um, uh, the uh, Facebook, I'm no longer there. Wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. I, I made the decision. I just decided uh, for a variety of reasons, which I don't want to go into now, that that was enough was enough. So I've pulled out. But I do have a Twitter account, uh, and again, it's under under my name. So yep. it's just Dave Verma. You'll find me there. Yep, it's okay. no problem. That's good. That's good. Uh, and listeners can track me down on uh, LinkedIn, Paul Spain uh, there, on Facebook and Twitter. And you can also sign up for the, the new um, Disruption Playbook uh, content, the first bits and pieces of, of that, uh, you know, starting to come through. Um, so we've got a mailing list for that, disruptionplaybook.com, uh, as, as those things come out. But, uh, yes, that's us for this episode, though. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening in. We'll be back again next week. Uh, And just a reminder that we now do have weekly episodes of the New Zealand Business Podcast coming online as well. So um, that's worth uh, worth looking out for if you're uh, in the business world, you're an entrepreneur or just wanting to uh, stay up to date with the stories of of uh, you know what New Zealand uh, business people are, are doing. There's been some yeah some pretty interesting interviews over the last few weeks. So um, not not all Kiwis, but the the large majority. So yeah, all right. Thanks everyone. Catch you next week. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.